Welcome to the Savant Report Rapid Recap. My name's Jordan Weirs, your host for the podcast, and it is the day before Thanksgiving. So first and foremost, I want to wish you all a very, very, very happy Thanksgiving. God bless you and your families, and enjoy the holiday. So we're going to put out our Savant Report and our uh, Rapid Recap podcast, this podcast, a little bit early this week, just so that... uh, you have it to enjoy over the the holiday weekend. Uh, some interesting things to to talk about this week that are kind of on the darker side of what's happening in the world right now. So, uh, one of the first things that I want to talk about is uh, how a lot of these things that are happening uh, in Paris and in the Middle East with Russia and Syria and and uh, as of yesterday, uh, Turkey shot down one of Russia's uh, fighter jets that was uh, bombing ISIS, you know, you, you ask yourself, well, you know, how does that really affect, uh, you know, our investments? Well, in, in a very uh, direct way, they influence, I think, the sentiment in the markets on a worldwide perspective. And I think right now there's a lot of fear uh, in the markets. There's a lot of uncertainty in terms of what's happening specifically in the, uh, in the oil markets. Yesterday we saw uh, oil pop uh, a good little bit based on uh, uh, Turkey shooting down Russia's fighter jet, and you know there's just a lot of uncertainty about how the oil trade's going to happen in that part of the world and and how things are going to be affected. Um, so let's take a look at oil specifically. Without giving you a prediction of how this Middle East uh, ordeal and the Paris and potential attacks here on U.S. oil is all going to work itself out, because I truly don't know. Nobody does. Here's what I'll tell you is I think oil is nearing a bottom. Uh, from a technical perspective, we're certainly seeing some support at that, uh, you know, at that that forty dollar mark or that uh, just sub forty dollar mark, and uh, and and it's it's going to take a bit for oil to break down below that. I think that can happen. I think we can see oil a little bit lower, but uh, oil is not yet a buy for me, and I'll tell you why. I think that there's still a lot of pain that needs to be created uh, in the in the oil markets right now with the with the producers with the service companies uh, with the exploration companies uh, just in general I think that uh, from an earnings perspective it's going to take another quarter or two for the effects of continued low oil prices to really uh, make their way through to the equity markets and uh, when you look at market bottoms, uh, you look for uh, j- the absolute most pessimist uh, you know, type of perspective and the time of most pessimism in the market. And right now, I think people have gotten used to the idea that oil is sub $50 a barrel. And so we've been bouncing around between 40 and 50 here for some time, for some number of months. And so it's it's just going to take some time for that to become the new normal. And then I think we could see a breakout to the downside and take a three-handle on oil. And once that happens, then I, I really think we'll be at an optimum point of pessimism, and that'll be a time to buy in, especially on the risky type stuff that I like to do in the futures markets. So I'm going to be buying oil in the futures markets, some, uh, some longer-term stuff. I might roll some contracts. But uh, at the end of the day, from a technical perspective, I think... Oil is is nearing a bottom. I'm not going to say it's there. I'm just going to say it's nearing there. What does nearing mean? 
I don't know, could it get to $35 a barrel? I certainly think it could. Could it get to 33 Yeah, I think it could. But if it gets there, I'll tell you what, I'm selling my house and I'm buying oil futures because I certainly know it can't sustain those types of prices long term. And the oil cycles are always very dramatic and they're typically a little overdone to the top and the bottom. And that's just the nature of oil. Uh, kind of the same uh, you know, mentality is gold. It just kind of, you know, things seem to tend to to get a little out of balance. So that's uh, that's on the oil market. From a fundamental perspective, there are so many things uh, and so many viewpoints on the fundamentals of oil that I simply cannot begin to put them all into one week's podcast. But here's what I can tell you. There's arguments on the side of we have a glut of oil and we're, we're, uh, we, we've got tons of stockpiles and we're adding to the stockpiles on a monthly basis. Demand is dropping. China's not doing well. Uh, some of the other uh, European countries are still not doing well. So demand is relatively low. Uh, then there's the other side of it where people say, well, but if you look at the numbers this way, we're actually at a net deficit uh, and uh, we're going to see a big pop in prices. I don't know that either one of those arguments are right or they're wrong. Here's what I do know. On a cyclical basis, oil ought to be bottoming here in the in the near future. Now, do I see it going to 100 bucks a barrel anytime soon? No, I don't. Could it happen? Certainly. It's the oil market. Anything can happen. But I think longer term, if you look longer term at this stuff, this is how guys like Warren Buffett get really wealthy, is they wait for the equities to get really beat up. So we're going to be looking at Exxon. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, at Baker Hughes. And we're going to be looking at all the companies that are uh, in every facet of the oil production and drilling and exploration and servicing uh, type companies. And we're going to look for them to get really, really beat up. Go with the stronger ones that uh, you know are are you know certainly have some still good some credit to them, some uh, depth of financial uh, stability and ability with them. But just watch their stock price get beat up, and then you dive in and you simply wait for the oil markets to recover and do well. And that cycle might take another three or four or five years potentially, but I think ultimately it will get there. So, uh, talking about gold real quickly, gold's really, you know, been doing nothing. It's been bouncing between uh, the low 1060 mark to, you know, the 1085, 1090 mark. Um, we could see a pop here. I think we could very easily get back up to 1200, 1250 an ounce, but <laughs> we're, we're certainly uh, heading. Uh, below $1,000 an ounce uh, long term is my own personal view. I think right now there's very little reason to be bullish on gold. Uh, if there was a terrorist attack of big magnitude here on U.S. soil, you might see the speculation uh, aspect of gold start to warm up a little bit and people would say, well, we want this as an alternative currency until something happens, uh, you know, or if something happens rather here in the U.S. in terms of, uh, you know, terrorism type activity or additional fallout from the terrorism type of activity, the U.S. dollar might not be as strong. But uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still looking for gold to continue to fade. The interesting one has been the equity markets. If you look at the S&P, We've, uh, in fact, I was short the S&P, <coughs> excuse me, about last week, um, and I did really well for a day or two uh, until it rallied back and it and it came back, uh, which is which is very resilient of the equity markets at this point. You know, valuations are relatively high. We're just under 2,100 on the S&P. We're near 
all-time highs and yet every time the market wants to fall out of bed you see it pick itself right back up and uh, and and start to rally again and I, I find that really really interesting and it's actually uh, an underlying current to me uh, that just tells me that this market might not be done to the upside even on a short-term basis so what I'm gonna be looking for is what's happening on Friday what are the retail numbers for for Black Friday? What are the retail numbers for Cyber Monday? And uh, once we get those numbers, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, activity in the market. We're going to actually find a direction. Also, the odds of a uh, a December rate hike. I think are actually growing. I think the Fed may go ahead and pull the trigger on a, de on a December rate hike. Now, what does that do to the to the markets overall? Uh, w listen, how how Wall Street responds uh, is going to be a mystery. Uh, most traders that I talk to on a regular basis are betting that momentarily, for a short period of time we're gonna we're gonna see a, a big correction we're gonna see a lot of short selling we're gonna see uh, a lot of institutions start to back off their equity portfolios and rebalance things um, you, obviously you're gonna see you're gonna see bonds uh, you know begin to move and uh, and at the end of the day my bet is that if we see that big sell-off if we do in fact get that December rate hike and I think the Fed would love to see it happen in 2015 so that they can say they did it in 2015 not 2016 um, I think ultimately we could we could see um, a big rally back up to where we are now if not higher going into next year uh, some cyclical work that a uh, technician does in the uh, in the trading world shows that we could see a cycle top, a cycle high in the equities market sometime in the uh, 2017, 2018, 2019 time frame. And, and I think if you're a long-term holder, uh, you know, it's, I'd certainly be nervous. I might be a little lightweight stocks in my portfolio right now, but that is definitely a direction that, uh, that I think we're headed is up for the next few years here. Uh, or at least a couple, couple of years. So that's my take on the equities markets. Now this week in the Savant Report, uh, I'm going to be talking about the uh, Canadian real estate market. Again, we're going to attach a really great um, uh, report that CBRE published on the Canadian markets uh, so that you can take a look at that. And I think it's building a perfect storm. I think you're going to see, <coughs> excuse me, you're going to see the U.S. dollar continue to gain strength you're going to see the Canadian dollar continue to fade uh, commodities you know commodities and the dollar typically act in the opposite way here so as the dollar gets stronger you're gonna see uh, you know commodities continue to face headwinds and uh, and vice versa so although I think we could see a correction in the dollar before we go higher and specifically the Canadian dollar, I think we could take it back up to the you know the 80 range before we take it down into the 65 range. Um, so we, we might see a little rally and a little correction between the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar spread. I think that that's ultimately going to be a short-term correction and a short-term um, uh, bump in the road for the longer-term spread, which is the divergence of uh, the U.S. dollar going higher and the Canadian dollar going lower. I think we've got another couple few years here of headwinds ahead of 
uh, Canada, ahead of uh, Australia, ahead of New Zealand potentially, ahead of China for certain. Uh, I think the U.S. dollar is is going to have a lot of wind at its back, pushing it uh, at least a bit higher, at least another 10, 15 percent higher uh, over the course of the next, you know this cycle that we're in right now. So as that happens, we're going to watch the Canadian real estate market and the Canadian hard asset market begin to fall off. And as that happens, we're going to have uh, an opportunity, I think, over the next couple of years to trade out of U.S. Uh, real estate and U at, in U.S. currency and go in and not only buy Canadian assets at steep discounts, but we're also going to be able to buy it with the strength of the U.S. dollar at a you know 30% potential premium, uh, maybe even 35%. Uh, to the Canadian dollar, which means we're going to be getting double bang for our buck. And that's going to be a really great thing, I think, in the future. So uh, stay tuned because uh, we do have the Savant Report coming out here in just uh, just about an hour or two. We're going to finish off this Wednesday and get into having our own holiday weekend here with uh, with our Savant family. We wish yours a very, very happy and very, very safe Thanksgiving. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Savant Report Rapid Recap Podcast. I'm Jordan Weirs, CEO of Savant Investment Partners. Take care, everyone.